really the way that I see like the five key characteristics of ABM, that's just really kind of your checkpoint of like if you're doing it right, <laughs> is making sure, of course, it's very account-centric. You've got personalization, customization from A to Z, multi-channel engagement, of course, a very integrated approach, making sure you're utilizing all of the channels, especially digital and in person. Of course, that sales and marketing alignment, that is one of the five key characteristics, and then measurable and data-driven. So another great opportunity for marketing and sales team to come together to really prove their value and prove how they can work together is through their ABM programs. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B2B Marketing Exchange podcast. We are currently at the event on the show floor, and it is actually lunchtime. So if you hear some clinking and clanging, it is people eating their tacos, which look very (laughs) delicious. Uh, I'm actually here with Courtney Beasley from the Kobe Agency, right next to the food, eyeing it up. So, uh, (laughs) So Courtney, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you just tell me a little bit about yourself and the Kobe Agency? Absolutely. Thanks, Kelly. Excited to be here. I have known the B2BMX and Demandgen team for a very long time, so it's awesome to be here today. So yeah, I am a marketer by trade. I have been in sales and marketing uh, now for 12, 14 plus years, and the Kobe Agency is ultimately my own practice where I am a fractional CMO for B2Bs and startups. So I try to provide uh, building foundational elements for organizations, both from their brand and marketing perspective, so that they can go to market with positioning that's going to make sense for them. Awesome. Awesome. And now I want to home in on foundational because one of the foundational elements that I think makes a good team is sales and marketing alignment. Absolutely. And it is such a huge topic. And although I've seen practitioners, they're getting there, we have research that shows the alignment gap is closing, but we're just not where we should be yet. Why do you think that is? You know, I I love this question because I think it's so complex. I have had the distinct honor of working on marketing teams where I'm very well aligned with my sales department. uh, And I've also had the opposite experience. So I can see it happening both ways. I think ultimately what it comes down to is a break in trust and a break in communication patterns. And also it's not typically being then fostered from a senior level perspective. If your uh, sales and marketing team is really breaking down and there's not great communication or collaboration between them, it's likely because that's not being prioritized in the C-suite and in the capacity in which it should be where they're they're actually working towards goals and working towards alignment together. So I think there's obviously several complications that come along with it, but there's also several things that you can do to try to work towards it. And the first thing really is relationship building. All right. Awesome. And now with that in mind, are there any sort of tools and technologies that you recommend for cross-team alignment? I think ultimately, I mean, there's a suite of technologies out there of course, that can help from a data reporting perspective and even alignment from your teams. But when you back all the way out again to that relationship building, this really comes down to just a humanistic part of being a team and wanting their goals to be successful, you know, seeing their goals through to fruition and vice versa, really aligning on those pieces. I think that templates and resources that help people to really understand what's expected of them, providing things like racy models, you know, where it's really understood who is responsible and who is accountable, who just needs to be consulted or, or really just should be informed in the different capacities that you're working between the two teams. So I think there's several things that you can do, but most of it does come down to the relationships that you can build 
world. And the way that you can, you know, even in some of the sessions this morning, they were saying, rename your meetings. Talk about them as go-to-market positioning meetings versus sales and marketing alignment. It really is a holistic approach of realizing that it's a mindset between the teams. Awesome. So now you are hosting a session later. It's titled Unleashing ABM Excellence, Strategies for Aligning Sales and Marketing for Maximum Impact. We already touched on the sales and marketing alignment aspects of it. So now I'd like to shift gears over to the ABM component. So with that in mind, what are some of the key characteristics for successful ABM programs? Yeah, absolutely. ABM, when done well, is absolutely transformational for organizations. So what better way to obviously align your sales and marketing team and truly in the actual definition of ABM, it talks about the continuous marketing and sales loop of activities that is needed in order to be successful in ABM. So I have seen ABM actually help in facilitating relationships in the sales and marketing functions. So it ultimately could have the end result while you need the teams obviously to be well-oiled and working together throughout ABM strategies. Ultimately, it can also bring teams together. So really the way that I see the five key characteristics of ABM, that's just really kind of your checkpoint of like if you're doing it right (laughs) is making sure, of course, it's very account-centric. You've got personalization, customization from A to Z, multi-channel engagement, of course, a very integrated approach, making sure you're utilizing all of the channels, especially digital and in person. Of course, that sales and marketing alignment, that is one of the five key characteristics and then measurable and data-driven. So another great opportunity for marketing and sales team to come together to really prove their value and prove how they can work together is through their ABM programs. Awesome. And now with ABM programs and strategies, there's obviously, it's not a slice and bake model. It's not one size fits all. So how can practitioners work to identify and find the ABM strategy that would work best for their company? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think with anything, it starts when it comes down to building your strategies. It starts with setting your very clear goals and having the hard conversations early before you go very far into tool and resource and time management and development around an ABM program is really aligned with all of your key stakeholders. And when you consider something like ABM, that likely expands beyond the sales and marketing functions and into, of course, your C suite, your leadership teams, so your CEO or whoever your functions report into, but also consider finance and also consider operations because it's likely that they are going to have some type of a say or some type of a goal around your ABM initiatives as well. So that's always a good opportunity to really align and level set and identify what's really needed for your organization. You can also consider all of the different growth strategies that you have in place. Are you looking to potentially move into a new market, for example, like a different industry or a different geographical location, or you need to up market in your actual deal size? Those are all good indicators that ABM would actually be really useful for your organization. Perfect. So then what's kind of the one piece of ABM advice that you would like to share with our audience? Oh my goodness. Align early and stay connected as often as possible. So stay very committed to it. Know that it is a lifelong journey effectively that you are on together for an extensive period of time and make sure that you are coming back together as often as possible to level set, to check in on your initiatives, see how things are operating and performing and just both really stay committed to seeing the results through. Awesome. That's kind of all of the focus questions I have for you. And now I'd like to just talk about the event in general. 
this isn't your first time at our event, or it is? At B2B SMX, it is my first time. Yes, okay. at B2B MX, I've actually been going to B2B MX before it was B2B MX, so <laughs> for a long time. All right, awesome. So as your first SMX, yeah. what's, I know we're only halfway through day two, but what's been your favorite part so far? As with all of these events, it's the networking, it's the conversations that you get to have with people. Of course, it's the incredible learning that you get to sit down and actually take yourself out of the day-to-day and hear and learn about things that are impacting your work on a consistent basis, but being able to actually put some focus concentration into spending time around it. I think that's fantastic. And then it's always the relationships that come out of here. Not only just the team, but everybody else that you get to spend time with in other organizations, learning from them. I think there's massive, I swear that there are no other better B2B experiences for senior level marketing and sales individuals in these conferences. So, <laughs> And we did not pay her to say that, folks. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so now I'm going to shift gears. We have this fun little wheel next to me. Yeah. It's obviously numbered one through 14. Mm-hmm. I have a list of 14 questions that correspond with the number. So I'm going to have you spin the wheel okay. and see what you get. But All right. Let's see. Wow. This is fun. <laughs> so fun. Number six. Number six. Yeah. What do we got? What is one piece of advice you would give to up-and-coming practitioners? Oh, my gosh. I had the coolest conversations yesterday with a couple of young marketers who were just about two years out of school. And we sat and talked for probably an hour and a half about the landscape right now and everything that's changing and how complex and complicated but exciting it is. I would say, kind of boiling down in that conversation, it came down to don't work against your passions when it comes to finding what you really love. Work towards what it is that you are actually personally and your values align with. Find organizations that support those things and that are willing to give you a chance in trying new and different things. I mean, in my roles, I've worn many, many hats, uh, and that ultimately has helped me scale to, to be able to come into different types of organizations and help them with their foundational needs. So get as much as experience as you can. Don't stress too much about the experience. Just make the most of it in every single area and ultimately follow what you're passionate about and you'll be successful in your career. Perfect. Perfect. So we still have a little bit more time. Want to go ahead and give the wheel another spin? Let's do it. Eight. Number eight. Chat GPT. Love it or hate it? Obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I was at a conference with Salesforce and their CMO, her name's escaping me. She used the phrase edit and then take credit. And that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good piece of advice. And I would completely agree. I mean, as a fractional CMO, I have several clients that I work with on a consistent basis and a lot of which that I even from a switching cost perspective, can better frame my mentality when I go into changing from one to another, even that if it's day-to-day, what have you. Just being able to unify from an ideation standpoint, a content creation, I use it for a lot of content creation, but to your point, I edit the heck out of it because I got to make sure that, of course, it's speaking in the right brand tone, that it sounds really good, that it has the context beyond the content. I think it's a very powerful tool that if we don't lean in to actually understand how it can make us better at our jobs, it'll take us over. So, yeah, that's ultimately something I've tried to do since the day it came out. (laughs) (laughs) And now I know the tacos are calling your name, calling mine too, but we're going to have you spin it one more time to get one more question and then you're off the hook. Awesome. No, I love it. Oh my gosh, seven. I'm just really loving this part of the board. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number seven. I love this one. What album do you have on repeat right now? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. 
Well, my boyfriend and I just went to Luke Holmes and we got like pit tickets. So that was what I had on repeat. But actually Thursday, tom well, tomorrow when I get home, or what, Thursday, I'm going to see Wicked on Broadway for the very first time, which I've never seen it. And I'm a singer myself and have performed almost every song from the show. So I'm sure that very soon I'm going to be pivoting away from Luke Holmes and into Wicked. And yes, that tells you my <laughs> music interest. <laughs> That's amazing. So that is all. I am done torturing you with that oh, this wheel. Oh, great. Um, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank I super you. appreciate it. And to our audience, thank you all so, so much for tuning in today. We will be here for the next day and a half. You could expect so many more podcast sessions. And as always, we are available on your podcast player of choice. So make sure to subscribe today to stay in the loop and also connect with us on social media so you can tell us who else you want to hear from, what topics you're interested in. And just tell us how much you love the pod. So that is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and we'll chat soon.